0: Follow us on social media or visit our website at cafamily.net. Good to have you with us. Let's make a welcome our brother, Kent Chevalier. Praise Thank God. Welcome. Well, good morning, everybody. I, uh, I believe that I just shook the hand of a Browns fan. I, I do not know, I do not know, yeah, exactly, yeah, you yeah, have wipe that out, no, I love the fact, so Youngstown, dude, I get it, you're a die-hard Browns fan, that just means you die hard every year, so, uh, he's never going to invite me back now, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but no, Pastor Bill, thank you. For having us here today. It's a real privilege to be here. Pastor Chuck, thank you so much for your faithfulness in the last year, man. We just really appreciate you both. The last time that I stood on this platform uh, was in 1995 uh, because I received my high school diploma right here. Um, I went to Blackhawk High School, but then I transferred to Beaver County Christian School my last two years, and Beaver County Christian School had our ceremony here. Uh, So this is kind of a surreal moment, and I don't think I've been back to the building uh, since then. Obviously, driven by a couple times, but man, it's so good to be here with all of you today. Uh, I want to read a passage of scripture this morning that changed the trajectory of our life, of our ministry Of our marriage. I want to read this and then I'll pray for us this morning. So take a look at this passage from Isaiah 43, 18 through 19. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing, God says. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way. Would you pray with me this morning? So God, as we deep dive into this God story this morning, I pray that you would receive all glory and honor. God, thank you for these faithful people who are here this morning. I pray that your word would reach into every heart that is here today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So today I I simply want to share a testimony with you. This is going to be less of a sermon than it is really our testimony of what God has done in our lives. So I just simply want to share the story of how Erica and I became the chaplains to the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, this little Beaver County kid uh, having the opportunity to become the chaplain to all of our favorite teams, except for Pastor Bill, um, (laughs) is just an incredible thing. See, Erica and I, we were born and raised right here in Pittsburgh. We met at Geneva College and we've been doing ministry together ever since we met. And so 10 years of student ministry, 13 years of adult ministry. Man, we have served the local church context and we have loved it every minute of it. And for 13 of those years, I was serving at a great church in the Wexford area, Northway Christian community as pastor there. And it was about 10 years into serving at that particular church, when something changed in me. I really don't know how to explain it, other than the fact that, you know, something changed. My role didn't change, my responsibilities didn't change, but I just knew something in my knower. That's what I like to call it. I just knew something in my knower had changed, and only those who have experienced this can really relate to what I'm talking about. I just knew something was about to happen. Something was about to change. But to be honest with you, I was actually scared to chase that feeling. Whatever that was in my knower, because the last time that I had done that, it had failed pretty wonderfully. And it hurt. And I didn't want to go back there again. Why? Because I had it good, I had it really comfortable. I loved our church. I loved the position that I was serving there. But I was really comfortable. So I wonder if uh, maybe some of you here today might be in that same boat, right? Maybe some of you here today, you have an idea that might change the direction of your business, but you're hesitant in this economy, trying to figure out what's going on. You're hesitant to chase that idea. You know, maybe you're here today and you know that you want to commit to her. You've been dating her for a while now. you're afraid to pop the question and really commit. You know, maybe there are some of you here today that you've been thinking about surrendering your life to Jesus, but you're actually concerned about what your buddies might think. And so you're comfortable. You want to kind of keep it at a distance. I'm I'm a church guy, but I don't know about that following Jesus radical kind of guy. Maybe there are some of you that are here today That you know that you should be sharing your faith with your neighbors, with your friends, with your business partners, but you're hesitant because you don't want to upset anything in the relationship. I don't know what it is for you, but I wonder if there might be anybody here who relates to this. See friends, I believe that there are going to be times in our lives where God is going to mess us up on the inside until we step into the thing. That he's calling us into. But here's where I've got to be careful. We've got to be careful of this because some of us, we step way too soon. And I've learned this principle the last time that I stepped out and, and it was quick and we made a decision and here we go. But I then failed and I asked some mentors, what happened? And they shared with me a principle that I want to share with you today. Coming up on the screen, look at this. God's timing is just as important as his direction. God's timing is just as important as his direction. So this time around, I learned my lesson and I decided to just actively wait. Keep my antennas up. God, what are you doing? But I'm not going to pursue anything. And it was about two years into that frustration of waiting when the San Francisco 49ers They traded their tight end to the Pittsburgh Steelers. His name is Vance McDonald, now retired. And Vance McDonald began with his family to attend the church where I was pastor. And he came up to me after one service and he said, Hey, Pastor Ken, could we grab a cup of coffee? And so he had been discipled in such a way that to get involved in a church as soon as he moved to Pittsburgh. And so he sought me out. We got coffee. We got to know each other. It was great. And it was there for the first time that Vance said, man, we need to be praying for a chaplain because the Steelers don't have a chaplain right now. I don't know how to explain it other than something sort of jumped in my nowhere. And I was like, what's that? What does what an NFL chaplain do? I didn't have a category for that. Didn't know what that was. But in, during that season, Vance and I, we got to know each other a little bit. I, I understood that he was a young married guy. That he was a young dad trying to figure out a brand new city, a move across the country to come and be a part of the Steelers meant that his whole family moved. And he and I were getting to know each other. It was great. After that season, that he and I, the offseason, was when we saw Big Ben throw so many touchdown passes to Vance McDonald. He had his best season ever. Some of you may remember who are massive Steelers fans. When we called him Vanimal for the first time, when he threw that stiff arm, he, the Tampa Bay Bucks game, he threw that guy. It seemed like into the stands, right? With that stiff arm, it was an amazing. But here's what I was thinking during that time: I wonder if his kids saw that. Like, how cool would that be for them? That's my dad. And I was like, wait a second, what, what's going on in here with me? Because I wasn't. I'm a huge Steelers fan. Grew up my whole life, but now all of a sudden, I'm thinking of this guy as a husband, as a father. And so in that next off season, as Vance and I got together, man, we start, I started to disciple him in a group of guys. And it was in that meeting that they still did not have a chaplain. And every time he would pray for a chaplain in that discipleship group, something would jump inside of me. I would go home and I would tell Erica, I'd say, I wonder if that's me. Like to disciple young men of the team that I love? Are you kidding me? Like, that would be amazing. But I would never bring it up to Vance. I, was, I just couldn't get up the courage to ask him. But I, this waiting period, I, I began to wonder, like, okay, I, I think I've got to say something to him. And I, so I said, Vance, do you keep bringing this up because maybe you think I could be the guy? And he goes, I don't know. <laughs> but, but let me introduce you to Coach Tomlin. So either way, I was like, this is going to be awesome. So if I, get, if I get to have lunch with Coach Tomlin and Vance McDonald, I mean, I'm a fan at this point, right? I'm so excited. So I go to meet Coach Tom. We get to know each other a little bit. He invites me to OTAs, which are now currently happening right now. So it's in this time frame that this has all taken place. And he invited me then to come and hang out with these guys. And then on the last day of mini camp, to come and preach at chapel. It was kind of like my interview. And so I was so excited for it. I go into the building, man, and I got to see all six real Super Bowl trophies. Like, you know that the ones at Heinz Field are fake, right? Okay, so I got to see all six Super Bowl trophies. It was amazing. Then came the day for me to preach at chapel, and I preached Jesus with everything that I had. I loved it. And the day ended with Coach Tomlin saying this, we will be in touch. And a day goes by, Heard nothing. Two days go by, nothing. Seven days, a whole week, I didn't hear anything. Ten days goes by, nothing. So I began to sink back into the confusion, into the waiting, thinking that I had blown the interview. I just wonder, have any of you ever been there? where you actually step out. But then there's that wait before you land. See, here's where I feel like this is like a jumping off the high dive when we were little kids. And then we like quickly, you know, we questioned our decision-making skills as we were jumping, right? Why did I do this? You're right. That's exactly what that moment feels like. You begin to question yourself. And here's what I believe very strongly. That these are the moments when the enemy of our soul, he messes with us mid-jump. Right? He messes with our heads. He messes with our hearts. When you take that shot, when you make that move, when you make that pitch, you jump. But then you got to wait. And in that waiting, you and I, I believe we have a choice to make of which voice we're going to listen to. Are we going to listen to the voice of truth of God who tells us that we are good enough, that we are already loved? Are we going to listen to the enemy of our souls who begins to whisper those lies as we settle back into that confusion who says you're not good enough to get that position? I mean, who do you think you are? I mean, it's obvious that you do not belong here. And in that waiting, everybody... I, I the confusion that I felt. It was mounting like stress in my chest. Three years I had been waiting. Since that first feeling of I knew it in my knower. three years I had been waiting. And I said, God, what are you doing? Have you ever been there? Any of you? God, what are you doing? I mean, couldn't you have just stepped in with COVID and obliterated the whole thing? right? I mean, some of you, you might be out of work. God, when are you going to line up a job for me? Where are you in this moment, God? Come on. Are you going to come through or not? I have a feeling of many of us in way, shape, or form, we can relate to that. So while I was waiting to hear back, I was still a pastor. My job didn't change at all. So I traveled out to the West Coast to uh, participate in an experience, a discipleship experience. If you know me, my heart is for making disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And So I went out to the West Coast and studied from a church. And it was a part of this experience where the facilitators, they sent us out on what they called a guided prayer experience. And so they said this, just follow along in your journal, go line by line, read the passage, and then write out your prayers according to that passage. Have you ever done this? It's called prayer journaling. If you haven't done this, oh my goodness, you're going to see why it's so valuable in just a second. So I go out to this guided prayer experience in the middle of California. It's beautiful out there, right? And I go and I sit by this amazing tree and it's just me and God and the scriptures. And I open up the guided prayer experience and I read that passage that I just read to you. Isaiah 43, 18 through 19. So I open up my Bible, God's Word, and it says, see, I'm doing a new thing. And I'm like, I know you are. Just what is it? I'd like to know that. And so we're instructed to write out our prayers. So here's exactly what I wrote in my journal. I want to be authentic with all of you this morning. Here's a page out of my prayer journal. It says this, God I'm trying to discern the new that you're doing in my life. Is it Northway? That's my church. Is it with the Steelers? Is it with both of them? Is it something else completely different? Either way, God, I need clarity. So I lay all of this down at your feet because I'm anxious to know what you want for me, what you want for my family, what you want for my church family. You may have something else entirely in mind, but I can sense that you've been up to something new for a long time in my life. You can hear the frustration in that, right? So I put the pen down, and the next passage was Ezekiel 39, excuse me, 1 through nine. This is the Valley of Dry Bones. And now I'm not gonna read the entire passage for us today, but essentially, here's what it is. God downloaded a vision to Ezekiel with an incredibly powerful lesson. And here's the lesson. God said to Ezekiel, I want you to say exactly what I tell you to say. And Ezekiel said it, and boom, a supernatural move of God began to take place. And again, the word of God to Ezekiel, he says, Ezekiel, I want you to do exactly what I want you to do. And so Ezekiel did it, and boom, supernatural move of God begins to take place. In this section of scripture, it ends with this powerful phrase. Look up on the screens. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken. That I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. Y'all, I don't know how to fully explain this next part to you. But I could just tell that God was speaking to me in that moment. So I picked up my pen and I started to write. Here's what I wrote. God, speak. Your servant is listening. And then I closed my eyes to focus in, to listen for his voice. And I heard his voice. Now, listen, it wasn't audible. I've never heard it that way. But all of a sudden, it was just in my nowhere. It was there. This phrase came out of nowhere. I wasn't thinking it, but it just sort of was there. And here's what I wrote down right away as I felt God speaking to me. Here it is. Kent, just settle down. Do what I say to do. When I tell you to do it, nothing more, nothing less, that way you know it's me. So my heart was beating fast because I knew that something was about to break through. I could just tell. Three years I had been waiting. And so I wrote out this prayer to kind of finalize this moment, wrap it up. I said, God, I've got a great thing going with Northway. I'm just wondering what you're doing with this Steelers chaplain role. Am I initiating that? Because if so, I lay it all down and I will continue to wait for you. So I gathered up my things. Prayer experience was over. They came over the loudspeaker. Everybody come bogged back in. And at that very moment, at 1024 a.m. California time, Coach Tomlin texted me. See... Why do I know it's 1024 a.m.? That's the power of prayer journaling. I wrote down the exact time, and he said to me, can you grab lunch to talk about the chaplain position? My hands trembled, everybody, as I called my wife, and I said, I think I'm about to become the chaplain to the (laughs) Pittsburgh Steelers, right? Okay, but mind you, he didn't offer me the position yet. But I just knew it in my knower that something was about to take place, everybody. So I go to lunch with Coach Tomlin. And he lays out the vision that he has for the chaplain role of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And here's what he said. I'm looking for a local Pittsburgh couple to pastor this team. And that lit me up right away because I love doing ministry with my wife. That's why we call ourselves Team Chevalier. And he said, I want a guy who can lead Bible studies for all the players, a separate Bible study for all the coaches. I'm looking for that wife, his wife, to be able to do the exact same thing for all the the players' wives and their girlfriends and the coaches' wives. And, And I would love if you all would do a couples small group, like a ministry with the couples of the players. And I loved everything that I was hearing that was coming out of Coach Tomlin's mouth until he said... This position is not hired by the Pittsburgh Steelers. I would like for you to consider joining the staff of Athletes in Action. And I was just as surprised as some of you. I was like, oh, here we go. Because as soon as he said it, I knew what that meant. Because I had known some people who had served with AIA, which is a missions organization of a larger organization called crew formerly known as campus crusade for christ and so i knew that every person who was on a i a or crew that they had to raise one hundred percent of their salaries they had to raise one hundred percent of their benefits all of their ministry budget had to be raised and i'm thinking in the back of my head as coach tomlin's mouth is still moving have you ever done this when somebody's having a conversation with you and you're thinking about something else That was me. I'm having a conversation with God in that moment saying, you got to be kidding me, God. I got three daughters, man. I'm staring college right in the face. Three weddings, hopefully in the future. There's no way, God, that you want me to step away from a secure income and a great position to become a full-time missionary. There's got to be another way. All the while, Coach T is still talking. And very quickly, everybody, my internal reaction, it revealed where I was placing my trust. See, my trust was not fully in the God that I've been preaching for 25 years. My trust was in a paycheck. My trust was in a position. My trust was in a person, me, providing for my family. And I say that out loud, you know. I say that out loud now, and I'm a little bit embarrassed by that. But I have a feeling I'm not the only one here. See, I'm wondering if there's anyone else who can relate to that. The meeting ended with me agreeing, because that's what you do with Coach Tomlin, that I would speak with the leadership of Athletes in Action and continue down the. Chaplain search process and I was cordial. Of course I was I said all the right words, but internally I was shutting it all down Bottom line everybody. I was afraid to step out like that I Went home to Erica and I told her how the meeting went and we both shut it down in our minds, but here's what we didn't shut down We didn't shut down the process and we promised that we would fast and that we would pray to see if this was God coming close to us. So, during those few weeks of time that we would spend fasting and praying, we would go out on our back patio. It's kind of our spot during the warmer, warmer months where we have our prayer time and our, our quiet time. And one day I heard Erica say, Ken, get out of here, quick! I'm like, whoa, you're right. come outside. And here the fern was moving on our back patio. And so I'm a little bit freaked out, thinking maybe it's a snake or something in there. And i you know, creeping up towards it. And as I get closer to the moving fern, a bird flies out. So I open up the fern, and inside of it is this beautiful baby bird nest with eggs inside of it. It was beautiful. And then all of a sudden, we noticed over the next couple of days of fasting and praying and reading our Scriptures that we would see the birds they hatched mama bird would come down and she would feed them daddy bird was perched up on a pole that we have lights strung to it and he was making sure we weren't messing with his kids and all of a sudden man it hit us here is a live illustration of the words of Jesus look at this on the scriptures look at the birds of the air Jesus said they don't sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them are you not much more valuable than they and as we prayed and as we walked down that process god was taking us to school about what we really trusted in this life god began then to shift our hearts towards this chaplain process and to trust god that we've been preaching all of these years to follow jesus no matter the cost we've been learning that we've been preaching that but we weren't really living that and then to live into this principle that I've learned ever since was I was a little one. Look at the screens that when God guides, he always provides. That's a principle that we can trust. That's who God is. And so together in unity, we decided to put our feet and our family where our mouth had been all of these years. And so we took a step. Watch this. With fear, fighting our faith. And we agreed that we would do it afraid. We would step out like this. So we flew out to Colorado. And that was there where we signed on the dotted line with athletes in action. And then it happened to coincide with crew, their national gathering, international gathering of all of their missionaries at Colorado State University. That's where we signed on the dotted line. We did it. We became full-time missionaries. Are you kidding me? Right, So it was, it was amazing, right? So we signed the papers. We did it. We stepped out. And even though we knew that God was calling us to do this, we were still freaking out inside. You've been there before. And Erica will tell you, she was confident. But when you make a massive decision like that, man, it was... It was also nerve-wracking. So the way that Erica, when she's stressed or when she's, you know, whatever, just to clear her mind, she went for a run that early morning. That's how she clears her head. And in the middle of Colorado, she said, God, I, I just need something to hold on to. Like, yes, we've, we've got that Tomlin 1024 a.m., but God, like, is there something? Like, we just need it. And so I, I, you know, she comes back from her run. She didn't tell me that she was doing any of this. I just thought she was out for a run. And um, so we go to the session. So imagine this, okay? Colorado State University, in the middle of this massive basketball coliseum, there are eight to 10,000 missionaries who are gathered. And if you've ever been in a setting like this, missionaries are desperate for God to come through, always for provision, for just, you know, direction. And so 8,000 plus missionaries just worshiping God with everything that they had. And just imagine this, there was a stage in the middle of the Colosseum. And we're on this side of the stage. And on the other side of this massive round stage, there's a painter who's furiously painting. Have you ever seen this before in worship? Somebody's painting, I I love it, right? But they weren't showing what he was painting. And so we were like, what? everybody in the Coliseum is going, what's he, wonder what he's painting. What's going on? And so as the music dies down, the camera pulls back. And what do you think that he painted? Take a look. Baby birds in a nest being fed from the vine. Erica and I looked at each other, and we began to cry. In my church, I'm known as the crying pastor, right? So we just weeped in that moment. We wept, and got, you know, this was God's very specific word to Erica in that moment that he heard her prayer on that side of the road in Colorado. Sometimes God says yes. Sometimes God says no when answering our prayers, and when we get really specific, this is some way that God, you, you can't mistake that. This was God's very direct answer to prayer for my wife. We left that day with so much confidence, knowing that God was going to be with us in this journey. So, as I close here today, the reason that I share this story is because I want to give God glory. It's Him. See, I also wonder, though, if there might be somebody here today who's grown comfortable, and you're trusting in a paycheck, you're trusting in a position, you're trusting in a person instead of trusting God. And you know in your knower, that God has been calling you into something, but you're hesitating. You're stalling out on that dream. You've walked away from that dream. You've squashed the idea because someone told you that it's just too risky. It doesn't make logical sense, but you just know it in your knower. That God has called you to do something. I believe that Pastor Bill, Pastor Chuck, you brought me here today to tell somebody here to do it afraid. Look at the screen. That's you. Do it afraid. See, man, you have been dating her too long. It's time to pop the question. Do it afraid. She loves you. Let's go. If you're a business guy out here, man, it is time. Businesswoman out here. It's time to pitch that idea to your boss. Do it afraid. Christian. All of us Christian in here. It is time to share our faith with our neighbors, with our co-workers, with our classmates. Do it afraid. Man, it is time for all of us to have uncomfortable conversations with people who do not have the same skin color as us. Do it afraid. Man, it's time for you today to give your life to Jesus. And really commit. Do it afraid. Man, it's time for all of us to do something big for God, do it afraid. See, I believe that God's looking for men and women who are going to step out in bold faith, especially coming out of the COVID season that pushed pause on so much. I believe that there's something new that God wants to do in and through his church, but he says, forget the former things. Now notice he didn't say they're bad. He didn't say, oh, that stuff back there, it's not going to work anymore. No, no, no. He just said, forget the former things. See, can't you perceive it? I'm up to something new. I'm making a way in that wilderness, in that COVID season, in that waiting. And I don't know what the new that God is calling you to personally do, but I do know this. He's making a way for you. And He will provide for you along the way. His presence will go before you. His hand will be upon you. So the question that I want to leave you with today is this. Will you follow Jesus' example and do it afraid? See, when Jesus saw the path to the cross, He asked His Father, He prayed to His Father, Is there any other way? And when God answered His prayer and He said, No. Jesus said, okay, not my will, but yours be done. Knowing the joy that laid before him, he endured the pain of the cross, and he died. And three days later, we just celebrated it a couple weeks ago on Easter, that he rose from that grave, praise God. And I believe that God's calling someone here today to join Jesus by stepping out in that kind of trust, in that kind of faith, and to do it afraid just like Jesus. Why? Because God's going to use you to resurrect somebody's life by introducing them to the person of Jesus Christ. God's going to use you to resurrect someone's marriage because you're going to introduce and input the person of Jesus Christ. He's going to use you in your unique talents, your unique abilities to give you a platform to insert Jesus into your circle of influence. He's going to use you if you are available. See, He wants you to make Him famous. In your circle. But here's the thing, everybody. This is what I miss all of these years. He's not going to give you a complete strategic plan up front. That's what many of us want, right? God, just tell me what you're doing. Give me the five-year plan. That's not the way God works. Are you going to be faithful with the next step? Because he's going to give you enough light to take that next step in this dark world so that you can shine the light of Jesus as you go forward with Him. And y'all, it is scary to trust Jesus with everything. We stepped out. We did it. Oh my goodness, I can't believe we're still doing it. This is nuts! But God has been faithful every step of the way. There's never been something that we have missed. God has taken care of us And I tell you this, man, I grew up in the church my entire life. But I didn't really know Jesus in the way that I know Him now because I had to step out and trust Him. Our faith is being brought alive in ways that we never knew it needed to be brought alive. We didn't know it was dead. our, Our faith is being stretched in such a way that we didn't know we needed to be stretched But God is doing it, and we are watching Him faithfully, faithfully, faithfully show up in our lives each and every time. I don't know what it is for you, but man, you know it in your knower what God's calling you to do. I believe I just came here today to tell you to trust God, to follow Jesus' example and do it afraid. So I would love to pray for us this morning. Would you do me a favor? Would you please stand up with me in this moment? Yeah, come on up. That'd be great. Thank you. I don't know what it is for you. And maybe in that rattling off of some ideas about, man, it's time to commit to her. Let's go. Whatever it might be, a business. I I don't know. Committing your life to Jesus. I'm not sure what it is. But would you do something with me this morning? If maybe you felt like God put something on your heart, here's what I would love for you to do right now. That idea this moment of like, I think I am a follower of Jesus, but man, I think I might be just talking the game. Whatever that is, would you just take that and like maybe in like an act of symbolism, put that right here in your hands. And let's bow our heads together and let's come before God and let's give him that thing. That you've known in your knower for a long time that God's doing something. And let's pray. God I look across this room and I see a lot of people who are holding their hands in front of you and they want to give you this thing maybe it represents an idea maybe it represents a person maybe it represents their life and submitting and surrendering their life to you like going all out for team Jesus God whatever that is in this moment I pray that you would meet us exactly in this spot. You know exactly what we need. Before the foundation of the world, you knew this moment where people were holding their hands with whatever it is, they were going to bring it to you. Before the foundation of the world, you knew this was going to happen. You know exactly what people need. Because you're our creator. You're our father. You love us. You want the best for us. And so in a moment of surrender... Would you take your closed fist and would you just, in an act of symbolism, would you release that thing, that person, your life at Jesus' feet? Hold your hands out there to show him that you are giving it up to Jesus. You're giving it up to God. You want them to take control. It's out of your hands now. So God, in this moment, I pray that you would fill these empty hands with what it is that you want in people's lives. God, if they have surrendered their life to Jesus this morning, Holy Spirit, rush in in this moment and seal that decision with who you are. The empowerment of your presence with us wherever we go so that when our feet go, you go. That when we walk into our business meeting tomorrow morning, the presence of Jesus walks with us. God, I don't know if it's a person who is sick that they're placing into your hands and they need a healing touch from the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would touch them in the name of Jesus. We believe that you can. We've seen you do it before in the scriptures. We've seen you do it in our lives before. And so why not again we give that person to you? We trust you. God, whatever it is that they are placing at the feet of Jesus, God, I pray that you would replace it with what it is that you want for their life. And I pray this in the very powerful and trustworthy name of King Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.